to the podcast. We got Dayzo, aka Brandon, in here. What's good, yo? Yeah, man. I'm just gonna get my co-host in here. See if we can get him in here before we get started. But before we get started, Brandon, just tell him about yourself, what you do, how do you know us, and just a little bit of who you are. Yeah, I mean, most of y'all know me as Dayzo. I'm Brandon. Know, from Charlotte. Most of the people that I know either on the podcast or probably on this live either from high school, from North, North, of course, and uh, <laughs> SU. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. That's where most of the people know me from. I mean, we got it because there's some people that go back. Yeah, hell, we can yeah. take it all the way back to J.M. Alexander days if we be in for real, for real. Like, uh-huh. I, I think me and Bezo, I think I think Bezo and uh, I think either me and Bezo and Ant. I think I think we all went to JM. I think was that a middle school? Yeah, it's a middle school. It's like literally right down the street from uh, North. JM Alexander. My brother went there. I went to Ranson and James Martin. Okay, y'all Charlotte Beats. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Yeah, you know, half of Charlotte went to Winston. They did, right? Why? <laughs> the other half went to uh, A&T. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to Y'all remember when uh, Charlotte had the CIAA? Oh, back when? Back when? Back when. It was wild. Nah, I remember... Uh, All right, y'all that look. I remember the, uh, the... Who remember the Dolphin Lane parties? The Dolphin Lane parties? Yeah. With uh, you, uh, with Mike and uh, it's been that was God, that was a long time ago. Like I feel like I'm aging myself at this point when I really start thinking about like the years that all of that stuff happened. What 2010, 2011? Yeah, I think so. Like maybe somewhere around there. That was like ten. Yeah, that was yeah the Dolphin House. Yeah, I'm older than a bye bye. Older than a bye bye. Yo. Yeah, so that was like, yeah, that stuff was like 10 years ago. So, like, some of the memories that I really think about in college, I'm like, dang, like, that's not as freaking aristocrat, ever clear. Just by itself, too, in the cup. Like, yeah, you finish yours. Yo, like, Bob, of aristocrat. Like, why? <laughs> why was we doing that? I don't know, bro, because we ain't know it was like trying to lose cheap. In the alcohol store, like fresh heads with no old heads helping us. You're <laughs> lucky, my fire. We was going off the label. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> it's. I mean, during them days, you really didn't. I don't know. You was just freestyling, man. The whole, the whole, the whole thing. You was just freestyling, anyways. You didn't really know. Like now, where you know your entire life is organized around work. Right. Yeah. 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 Making decisions out there. Yeah. Work from home. So what do y'all feel about the work from home way? That shit, I went to Cali. I went to Baltimore, Charlotte. I travel with it. Now they're trying to give me the work computer. I'm like, oh, you're going to give me that tower now. I can work with that. I got a bag for that. Give me a long Ethernet cable. I'll be all right. It's good sometimes, but other times it's just like, okay, like I wish I could leave my work at work if that makes sense right yeah it's like it's always home it's in the room yeah 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 like for me it's always here 
right? So, yeah. I mean, some days it's great because it's like, okay, yeah, I can just roll out of bed and just hop on a call and kind of get my day started, which, I mean, that's that's great because you don't have to worry about getting dressed and getting up early to be at work early, right? But you need that, though. Yeah. Need that. Yo, them one, two minutes to go is not cool. Yeah, man. So, I, I don't know. Like, it's at times I'm, I feel like I'm 50-50. Like, I think, you know, with my job and my company, we're going to do, like, hybrid. So, there, when we do go back, it's going to eventually be, like, three days in the office, two days at home. Which, okay, that ain't bad, right? But it's just like, mm, I don't know. And that's funny. My job just let the lease go for the building. They feel like it's better. Now we hire everybody working home no matter where you are. Mm, interesting. Dip it to you. Because like, you know, nobody was in the building. And it's like, we got this big old building for multiple clients. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, nobody's really there. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they let the cafeteria go. So that's not even running up. So it's just like, yeah, it's just the cost. Now it's not the bill. But now yeah. they probably make some money. You know what I'm saying? Just put people through training. Make sure it's an aggressive training. They come out. They got to pay for no lights. We send you everything you need. Yeah, we, <laughs> How we, work? When we first started work at home, we were sending people home with MiFi devices who didn't have internet. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I definitely was the highest user of the MiFi because I was gaming and downloading. Your hotspot to play Desert. Yeah, and Call of Duty. Bruh, we was running, running them gigs up. Yeah, my boss called me. He was like, yo, the, uh, <laughs> the building manager contacted me about your bill. He was like, dude, you got to stop. You, you can't use that no more, man. I was like, what? Uh -huh. The highest in the whole company. I'm like, oh. Bro, we was playing PlayStation 4. <laughs> uh, yeah. Playing Call of Duty. Damn. Yeah. HD. Yeah, man. I check my gigs. I'm, I terabytes, terabytes. I got like four or five terabytes of data I stream every month from working oh, from wow. home. Yeah, working from home. And you're like, I don't have cable boxes in my house. So all of my TVs are through like the smart TV, like that hooked to Wi-Fi, right? So it's just like That's I ain't paying. So I ain't paying for them boxes and whatnot for cable. So it's just like pretty much everything in the house runs off of Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's smart though. That's smart though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got like the they cameras, go. like the security cameras too. So it's just like, okay, whatever. Like it's whatever. Yeah, everything's on Wi-Fi, bro. Our whole life's got to be automated. Oh, man. Let's talk about this Wi-Fi for a second. This, this man, AJ, had to bring me into the new age, the modern world. I was I was going no Wi-Fi. I was just like, people had to come over. You, you had to self-entertain. But at the same time, I was still I was still creating the most like music and like, art at that time than I was with the Wi-Fi. Because then with the Wi-Fi, I started having more distraction. I was playing the game. I was watching Netflix. I'm like, man, I'm sitting down on my couch a lot now. <laughs> Before I be up having people over, like trying to trying to record, work like working with systems. I'm like, man, what happened to me? Like Patrick came up, came out the rock and went to a SpongeBob house and never went back home. Man, it's been different now. Mm. Uh, I um, so as far as like, what do y'all think about us socializing more and getting out the house now? It's been helping, man. We've been networking pretty hard. I mean, or just enjoy it. You like to learn, or you have to stop mm. practicing guitar when I got wild. Mm. 
I don't know, like, you know, right. I ain't really built off of, like, social X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, when I do, it's usually with people I already know anyways. You know, because most of my networking is kind of tailored to specific, like, events that, you know, that's for work. But other than that, like, I don't know. I mean, I just want people to be safe. That's all. Right, like at the end of the day, with there with all the stuff going on, you know, I'm just, yeah, like making yeah. sure people are safe. I don't care what people do, you know, socializing is cool. It's just people just got to be mindful that we don't want to go back down on lockdown. That's for sure. True. Yeah. True. We ain't trying to. We ain't trying to go there. So like that's that's the only reason why I like express caution to people is because it's like, dude, like. I'd rather us to just chill and be good with having just enough, right? Than full blown wide open and we gotta shut it back down again. Like if we just have a little bit of chill where we're able to do a little bit of something just to get us out, get us going, right? Like, yeah, like we should have never went without the whole, you know, oh, the no mask, the vaccinated. That shit was that was a disaster. Oh, they should have never they should have never they should have never said that. <laughs> Every time I see somebody post about it, they get a little tag at the bottom. With the yeah. with where to go? I'm like, I'll tell you something. We ain't really gonna go down that path. We out here, we doing big things. The world to reset. So, what are y'all next big moves as far as like the next six months before 2022? What y'all got? What y'all got coming up? A car. I've been buying a lot of uh, a, a lot of equipment, lights, music equipment, stuff like that, prepping for. Being able to host a you know high quality show with, with, with all our own stuff, you know, I me mean? stop having to outsource and just be the one stop shop. Mm. What about you? I don't know. Really, for me, it's mm-hmm. man. Like, well, we... I mean, tell us about the tech field. What, what do you think? What do you think? Since you're in the tech field, tell us about that. Well, a lot of that, like, that's that's what I was kind of going to pivot to is just, like, with work, like, that's, I'm always thinking about, like, six months from now or quarter from now, X, Y, and Z, right? But it's just, like, um, you know, in tech, it's changing so quickly, right? You always are thinking about, okay, how do I prepare and get us out of the old to get us at least caught up somewhat until the next big thing happens before we have to change again, right? Like, that's that's kind of how it is, right, to some degree, right? So it's just like working, you know, where I am now, like the company is kind of way behind from a technology standpoint, right? So we're trying to play catch-up. And while we're trying to play catch-up, we're also trying to make sure that we're competitive from the point of view that we're doing and uh, building the same capabilities that our competitors build in order for us to do what we need to do for customers to, you know, buy our stuff. Like if you, no matter what you do, you know, whatever you do for work, you know, your company always has competition out there doing the exact same thing that your company does. And it's always about what is the differentiator between your company and their company that makes people ultimately um, make purchasing decisions. Right. So if company A builds product faster and cheaper and at higher quality than company B is, um, then it's always going to be those factors that ended up moving it. And like technology is usually the backbone behind all of it that makes it happen. 
And I think now with the pandemic and everybody working from home, it's becoming more relevant and more prevalent because people are using it now. They're having to rely on it more. You're using your laptop and you're using technology to be able to do all of these different things, you know, like conferencing and videos and stuff like that. And people don't really think about like, us right now on live is not something that's just happening and occurring by chance. It's because of the engineering that Facebook has has kind of come up with in order for us to stream and have a conversation like this. So I've actually had the opportunity to interview uh, with Facebook a couple of times and learn learn kind of about around their back end infrastructure and how all of this stuff works. And it's just like, good gracious, like. People built this? Like, people wrote code for this? Like, holy crap, right? But, you know, it's, it's the it's the behind-the-scenes stuff that, you know, a lot of people never get insight to that's the real magic behind that makes all of the stuff that people really enjoy, you know, a possibility, really. It is, man. It is. I definitely say. Because even, even in my job, like, MSTs versus Skype did, did really it really take us to another wave for the work at home environment. Like, I don't think Skype would have survived as, as well as MS Team is doing, because that's all we use. Every agent has it, we use it for all our conferences with clients, with internal, you know. It's, it's been a game changer. And we did not use this prior to March, you know, of last year. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's 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 the ramping of solution, fast, fast track solution, where it's just like, hey, we need something now to be able to make our business happen so that's where you see people companies like zoom right just accelerated astronomically because the the, the market share was just there especially from a competitive strand standpoint so it's just like uh you know it's 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 becoming kind of like the turning point that a lot of companies are really starting to see like oh man technology really is what makes us make stuff happen it's not just you know an anomaly and it's just like we have to pay more attention to our workers and you know pay more attention to our employees and listen and tune in to what people are selling us in order for us to make the right decisions and i think that that's also what's happening too is that you know with the whole pandemic you know the emphasis on frontline workers and you know people who actually make other people's lives possible such as the people who work in the grocery store right i can't live and eat and breathe without food right like yeah. people who actually make that happen like you kind of saw for that i'm not gonna say brief moment because it's kind of it's i consider it to still be the pandemic right right um where you're seeing the question of vaccinations and things coming up because these people are considered essential right and it's just like okay if they're essential then why don't you pay them like that right if that's the next question right like if we're if we're going to start having the topics of what we want to mandate you know you know employees to do and people to do in order for the company to be in business and make money for shareholders because let's let's keep this in mind right that every company exists to make money for its shareholders especially publicly traded companies right right if the company doesn't like what you do as a ceo or as an executive leader they can choose to make sure that you're gone right and ask you to step down because usually the ceo position in most companies are controlled by the board of directors which are just representatives of the shareholders right so it's just like 
when you really start to kind of dig into some of the inner workings of, you know, corporate America and understand the constructs that have been built around capitalism, you kind of really get to the bottom that literally everything we do centers around money. Literally, everything we do, no matter what it is. Yeah, you may be delivering a service or doing a good deed, but at some point, the people who do that have to be paid to, to live and make the, and make wages. Right. So it's like the money doesn't come out of nowhere. Even nonprofits have bills to pay, CEOs pockets to, 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 to plaid. It's like, let's not get into those types of conversations. Right. Right. right yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, we're at a peak in the capitalist society you know, at this point to where we're seeing capitalism, capitalism at its best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's right. that when you see people prioritizing stuff, you know, over people's lives in some cases it's just like dang like that's where we at right. maybe not maybe let me not say capitalist best but we're at, we're at a really hot point in capitalism that's yeah. all so the point you may get you may get exiled like yeah, you're not working right now you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah man so it's just like yeah like non-profits can make a killing if you do it right exactly right fact do it right yeah and even now man it's funny because it makes me like makes me feel like i need to go back and re-educate myself in different fields now to be more more savvy you know what i mean like the way the world is moving it's like man the, like what i went to school for and, the, and what i was learning and you know like what i was doing non-impactful to my life now you know what I'm yeah like, business mindset that i need at this point or that I wish I had was not being presented to me as like how to navigate artists. Even this, like when COVID hit, the artist lifestyle changed. Like our yeah, whole, of course, our whole tour got canceled. You know what I mean? People was forced to like do pop ups on people's lawns and stuff. You know what I mean? Just make you get creative in like ways to be still intimate. You know, live streaming became a real big thing. You know what I mean? Now artists, you know, online like TikTok, IG, like these stories. I mean, we could. We, really elevated us to, to a point where we can reach more people, you know, made us start looking at our marketing strategy of a lot different versus on, like online versus live, you know what I mean? Instead of being, instead of trying to go to all these events, put all these places, like I can do this at home. We started doing, we started my living room to do like live streams and, and recordings. I put like uh, backdrops up in the ceiling and stuff to create the, you know, the black background. We had the whole band in there, we're recording cameras up, lights and everything. And then we're selling these, we're selling these recordings to festivals. That would yeah. have thousands of people, and now they're streaming these. Or like uh, a friend of mine, T. Walker and Brad, you know, Soul Society, they started live streaming straight from their website and had people pay for tickets. You know what I mean? They did yeah. a whole live stream album. And yeah. People was paying for the album there, you know what I mean? So it, was, it, it definitely changed the it impact us as well. You know? Yeah, man. And then forced people to kind of rethink the business model and the strategy for how they were going to go about doing their business do it in person so right you know, that's you know adapt adaptability and flexibility in the time of you know uncertainty especially you know during the pandemic was key especially in a field like you know where your career depended on being able to go into public places or or, or have an audience or see people or be around people even if it was just waiting tables right it's just like that changed your entire you know outlook when you go from you know, boom in one day to 
we're shutting down and you know we're closing up because of covid and you know i'm not gonna be able to work like what that's some friends that got laid off man they got uh foreloaded and you know their, their jobs thankfully gave them like kind of a severance package deal you know what i mean yeah i, I was an essential worker because if i would lost my job i don't know what i would have done to be honest i mean i probably could have came up with something but like looking back and it hit me i probably going yo what do i do yeah man but i would have been counting on the statement Yep. Yeah, man. Probably would have got a job in like a call center or something like a lot of people did. That's when call centers started booming a lot. I started seeing like ramp ups and hiring. Mm. Took advantage of that, you know. I think that working at home really helped us out a lot because now we can hire way more people than we have before, make more money, you know. Yeah. We didn't even got to be there. Yeah, I mean, and that's key. I mean, especially, especially during the pandemic, they needed people to kind of work from home, especially, you know, call centers and stuff like that when, you know, people couldn't get, couldn't do business, you know, in person. Like, that was crazy. Like, even we dealt with some of those issues at, you know, my place of work where they were just trying to figure out how to deal with call volume and whatnot. Figure out, yeah, we, you know, we had to come up with automated solutions, right? Where it's just like if people wanted to just check their status and like quarters and and you know just do regular stuff where they didn't need to actually talk to anybody, right? We got you got defaulted to the automated stuff because it was just like you can't tie up our phone lines with our actual customer service agent for an issue that you can just takes two seconds to give you the information or you can get it on your phone or from your app or something like that. Like we, yeah. you know, you have to. A lot of companies had to figure out stuff like that quick and on the fly because, you know, it was just unexpected load on, you know, their current infrastructures or, you know, what they had built, you know, just on a regular basis. Right. Speaking of automated service, man, our company had just upgraded it like a couple months before COVID hit, which I'm thankful for. Oh, and it wow. About a lot, you know what I mean? So now it became more friendly. It was faster, more upbeat. You know what I mean? You know, the, like a lot of old call center models, the voice was slow. Like a, it was like kind of like an older voice. You know what I mean? It was kind of less personable. Now they changed. Yeah. You know, they literally to the point where if you're in a certain area that you're calling from, the person that you hear, the voice that you hear is going to be tailored to your area. You know, so if you're in an urban area, we have urban voice. If you're in a, a suburban area, it's going to be more of a suburban voice. You know what I mean? Oh wow. People to be more comfortable. A lot of older people actually have, you know, called a complaint like it's too fast or da, 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 I can't get through because now they can't just like do what they used to. You know, they really have to interact with them and talk and like say what it is they want. They can't just push their way through, you know. And they even and we even had like a little, you know, testing for you know they came in and like and gave us a whole presentation on it to like call in to see how long it take to get through to a representative. And if you just keep saying like representative, 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 you know what I mean. So it's been it's been helpful, man. Everything we do too. Like our systems, our verification systems are tailored to the automated service and to cut, you know, trying to prevent the customer from even getting to the rep in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And someone like me be like, I, I want a customer service. <laughs> customer service. Right. Like, I, I can't lie. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, one of the things that is super frustrating being in tech is that I absolutely hate bad tech right people who don't do it right or it's slow so it's like if i like part of what my job is is around thinking around how to build systems combined with the user experience experience that's involved with using whatever it is 
So like one of my goals, you know, when I'm thinking about something in tech or I'm trying to build something or an application is I'm thinking about it from the perspective of how do I make this as easy as possible for the user to use it without needing instructions or telling someone how to do it? You should be able to pick it up and it, it intuitively figure out, okay, I understand how it works. And that experience that goes with it is something that is just like once you do it and you're thinking about it in your work, you start realizing and seeing it in other things and other products. And then you start having a lens to it that's just like, wow, this is sh And like, why am I dealing with this? Or why do I not have another option or another something to get to this? And that's where like, for me, it sucks because at times I, I feel like I can't take that hat off. So if I'm, you know, calling customer service and I'm just like, yo, like, yo. I, customer customer service, like, customer service, like, I'm pressing zero, like, just take me like, I just, I don't want to go through all that. Like, I just want to get straight to somebody because this question that I need answered I already know the automated options can't get me there, right? Because I've had it happen, right? <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you because I'm the same way, especially in customer service. You know, like now when I go to grocery stores and or even over the phone, I'm like, man, you didn't even say my name. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I could like, anybody. I could be yeah. anybody. <laughs> it's like you start taking your job seriously outside of work. Like, <laughs> like My data's at risk right now. Yeah, like my dad. Yeah, exactly. My dad is in prison right now. He's breached my security. Yeah, like yeah. So, I mean, it's it's funny, but it also makes you realize, like, dang, like you can tell when another company. I know I've had experiences. It's just like seem like y'all need my help around here the way this, this place is operating. Like, I think I'm gonna send an email. Yeah, like I'm gonna send an email. Cause it's like, what's the escalation? Yeah, what's the escalation path around here? Like. Yeah, like at least that's how I felt, man. At least that's how. And <laughs> let me talk to a human being. Like, don't let the human being be worse than the automated service. Like, <laughs> oh no, don't let that happen. Next trip. Yeah, just put me back to the automated. I figured it out. I'm gonna go online now. On the 20 minute mark. So, final thoughts on tech. Where do you think tech is going? How is it going to integrate into our lives? To be honest with you, I think that we're in a very early stages of it becoming something that becomes so seamless and synonymous to us that um, we're not going to know how to operate without it. Like when you think about some of the things that have happened over the last 10 years, just looking like taking just smartphone examples, you know, smartphones, for example, right? We went from being able to send 160 characters to being able to go on live and talk to each other like this, right? Like that's something that happened in a, and you know, when you look at relative time within our lifetimes that happened, right? Like our parents, for example, had the same damn telephone in their houses with voicemails for years, right? Same thing, you know, the, the phone rang and you didn't pick it up. Oh, well. Right. You, you couldn't get in contact with that person. Right. Like, keep in mind that that existed for a long period of time. And it wasn't that it wasn't until the advancement of tech that it really became, um, you know, something that users could consume on a daily. And now with, you know, 
anybody being able to code and pick up a book and learn how to do it, like tech is going to become something that is probably something along stuff that you've seen in movies at some point. You know, it may not be as, you know, crazy and, you know, out of this world, like, you know, iRobot, you know, maybe not in our lifetime, right? But you can definitely see, you know, stuff that resemblance a lot of the tech that you see in other stuff that's going to make it right. crazy. Yeah, like, especially, especially in machine learning and artificial intelligence, right? Those are the two biggest, like, areas right and being able to um, use data to automate and 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 um, use com- you know computers to work through data models to determine you know probabilities and characteristics the ability for us to calculate and do other things with that type of technology is potentially endless especially when you think about artificial intelligence just at its you know raw its form, right? Just the ability to communicate and have human-like behavior, right? You know, that's game-changing, right? But the problem with it is there are a lot of inherent underlying issues that still have to be figured out, especially from a technology perspective, like just, I'm not gonna open up that handbook into it. Yeah. That really is kind of the keys to, to unlocking the next 10 or so years that you know, we'll continue to work at it and, you know, continue to um, make it happen. But I think we're getting to that point where, yeah, we're on the next stages of evolution, especially with like cryptocurrencies and blockchain and stuff like that. You don't want to keep started on that. Say what? I'll take final thought. My final thought? Really, uh, I'm on the user side, man. You know, I'm, I'm on the human side of it. So I see all kinds of potential user errors, struggles that would make, you know, the different levels of people struggling with technology coming in. You know, I mean, some people can barely get their mouse around the screen. Some people float through it, you know, seamlessly, like with no issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the age range is definitely do take a factor. And then, uh, you know, certain levels of professionality, you know what I mean? Like just concern, effort. I'll say that really that's that's a big variation on people some people get frustrated with technology they're like oh I'm done it's not working they sit there you know what I mean I'm like yo where you at why haven't you been on the phone for 20 minutes and then you know, they finally get back 40 minutes later my VPN dropped it's like you didn't go did you think it was going to reconnect itself or are you going to flip over and just hit connect again like that's all you had to do really you're like what happened there that was a, you know it's a gap <laughs> Between the youth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I got into this field is to basically make, um, to solve that problem that you're describing. Right. Like, I think that we have a long, long way to go in terms of the human interaction with technology as it advances further. We have to get people comfortable with technology being something easy and not something that people are intimidated by something that's intuitive enough that's not super complicated where people are trying to figure it out next y and z right like but i think a part of it is around the cognitive nature of it like the actual psychology around people and their physical interaction with it right i think that 
we've evolved that piece of it. Right. Think about that interaction with, you know, our handheld devices kind of transitioning technology from being hardware specific where you need cords and lines and X, Y, and Z to Wi-Fi where we're having connected models to IoT devices. And I think that, you know, that next kind of bridge to that is going to be eventually, you know, you know, either, you know, holographics or, or virtual reality and, you know, more advanced, you know, realms of that that changes how we interact with it in a different way so that you may not in the future even have to carry a physical device on you. Right. It could be something very small and intuitive that is essentially a device that you know, presents, you know, information to you that only you can see, right? You know, I don't know, li literally on some black mirrors type items, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because I mean, that's truly to me, to me in my eyes, that's truly the next phase of technology where we begin to abstract the hardware level of technology and begin making it seamlessly a part of our everyday lives and we interact with it as something that's, just like flipping on a light switch, right? Like you don't need to know how to do it. You see it once and you know how it works. I feel you, I feel you, man. I've been uh, noticing like a friend of mine uh, just came over, or a friend's friend of mine, and she was talking about uh, her company is developing software, like gaming software, interactive software, educational software for children. You know, so mm -hmm. right now they're, they're, they're at the interviewing stages for like what parents need, you know, all those parents that had to deal with work at home schooling and stuff like that is something for that lane, you know, to, to help the, the kids stay engaged and things like that. So it's like, what do they want? What's going to actually keep them attention? You know what I mean? What's going to be something that's going to help them? Like, you know, like you said, like down the line, like 20 years down the line, these kids now that are going to be using this type of software are going to be so much more developed in, you know, in these fields now. So, I mean, there's always that, that gap's probably be like 10, 20 years before we really see some real hard, hard societal, Oh. Yeah, man. We need people in STEM for sure. We need people with science, technology, engineering, yeah. mathematics, like, especially in this country. It's just like, it's a lot of countries, you know, whooping our ass when it comes to STEM majors. So it's like, it ain't gonna happen if not a lot of people want to get into it. That's why the opportunity in terms of technology is so kind of wide open. And then, too, I think uh, levels of income. Can you afford the tech? You know, yeah. If it's not provided by like the educational system or some type of public service, that because kids now who have access to iPad are going to be way more advanced, you know, in these products and services than kids who yeah. were, all they had was the iPhone or you know something less than that. You know, they just had like old Androids that really didn't do too much or weren't really you know, compatible with certain apps. You know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Cause I have an agent now. Like she has a phone where she can't even really use Microsoft Teams like that. You know what I mean? Like all we can do is like talk and text, really. You know, so <laughs> it's just like, yo, I, how can I help you? I, I can't. Like you, you, you're like you're unable to do this. Yeah, exactly. That's what people eventually get paid out. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately. Oh no, sub society. But but to be honest with you, to be honest with you, you know, if, you know, if their skill set and what they do for the organization is valuable enough, it's more advantageous to retrain people. Right? Yeah. Like I always like especially when it comes to, you know, 
big companies and you know people who you know are behind or you know by techno technology changing the way that they work like it's easier to over time convert them sometimes than it is to spend time trying to get somebody who's willing to stay and do the job for a long period of time true right? yeah that's 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 one of the things is just that you know especially with you know some of the things that i've seen just in the field this is like people are always quick to want to replace people yeah, but true. it's just like okay but can you find somebody with that level of experience that we don't have to train up or educate them on how this stuff works because you can be yeah exactly because you can be very 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 knowledgeable but you have no clue how it works here right and that experience here is more valuable than the skill set that you bring in from a technology standpoint and that's where i always tell people like sometimes it makes sense to retrain people than it is to 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 try to replace the experience that they bring and that's why that's organization and person specific but just in an isolated example it's just like okay you don't know what you're doing so you're gonna learn right because we're gonna help you learn it right if you're willing to learn it or you're gonna find another role that doesn't require you to do it but you're still gonna learn something else so either way you're gonna learn it right you're gonna learn something yeah, I mean, that's 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 the thing that i try to tell people when it comes to change just in general you know a lot of people i think especially in life you know especially in college like reverting back to some of our earlier subjects when you think about change and the people who are comfortable with it and being in uncomfortable scenarios for the first time and stuff like that right that willingness to not be stuck on the status quo is helpful at times when you need to go about, you know, evolving yourself, you know, from a work perspective or in a pandemic, right? Trying to figure stuff out. Like, you know, the people who ain't adaptable and can't go with the flow and figure it out, those people are hurt. You know, right. they're, they're, those are the ones that, that are that are truly the ones that are like, Oh my gosh, what do I do looking around for people to give them answers? True, yeah. yeah. And, and, and even at that point, man, like you talk about bringing the people in versus like retraining tenure agents or tenure, you know, employees. Yep. Desire to like adapt and, and, and want to stay at your company or stay and like, you know, like evolve is really rare too because I saw a lot of people fizzle themselves out. You know, they just kind of just try to go to a different place. And like, you're literally doing the same thing. Like that company is going to be doing the same thing. You're just going to be a new hire there. You know, so now you have this whole learning curve. And they, yep. that was something I definitely experienced. And the new hires are, all, are always more multiple. Yep. Always more multiple. But they cost money too. You know, got to train. Yep. Yep. They got trained on the new system. You still working with those? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's true. Yeah, I see people's will broken. It's like you just don't want to use it, do you? Like you, you don't even want to. You don't even want to try to. You said they will is broken, God. You're like you got You be look. You be somebody. You be somebody's. Uh, and work from home. Uh, you try to explain somebody, they start panicking, and then you look. You they screen sharing, and see they mouse just stop moving. Stop moving, and they talk to the customer. Oh, I'm getting it pulled up. All right, here we go. It's like you ain't doing nothing. You don't know what to do. 
You're not even asking for help. It's like, <laughs> it's, dang. It's an anaphylactic shock, is what you call it, right? Yeah. 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 It's about to follow up. Yeah. Let me, let me get you over to the next rep. They can definitely get this done for you now. You transfer call. <laughs> what did you do that? This, yo, this one person, she didn't even want to, uh, she didn't respond to me. You know, on Teams, you can see that. I see you read my message. Little eye symbols there. So I sent their message. I was like, I was like well, as soon as you clock in, go in the meeting. Don't even take no calls. <laughs> I was there like two minutes out. Get ready to do it. And I talked. She, and she really was just like, you know, I didn't know what to do. You know, I had some background noise, so I had to get them off the phone. I was like, what? You have background? I was like, you know, in a work at home environment, any job you go to, that's the requirement a solid background. You got uncontrollable noise when you transfer at customers. Like, what is going on? Why are you? And she really was dumbfounded. She was like, I, she didn't say it to her. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm like, you know, you can lose your job on this, right? Immediately. She's like, Nothing, no response. Anaphylactic shot. Yo, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, Colin got to be the bad guy at his job. Right. He's about to get real candid. Dang, man. I know if Colin paid me, I'm like, <laughs> like, like. some of them say, they be like, yo, be like, yo you only hit me up. <laughs> When something's wrong, yeah. like, no. Yeah. I'm scared when I see. I'm scared when I see your message. Now, Colin, man, now you have to be a he good leader. About this. <laughs> now, Colin, you have to be a good leader, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, I build people up. I, I mean, I build people up too. It's just like I'm nice up until like an extent. So now we three months in, been nice, been helping you, coaching you. Been talking about the same thing. You've been like, I'm, I'm gonna work on it. Now I'm like, you ain't working on it. You doing this? <laughs> yeah, you you ain't working on it. Yeah, or or like if it's a, it's, it's predominantly women. So with guys, you know, I can have like a, a more robust like conversation, and, and and I take it as personal, or like get you know to to offend. And not saying because because some women like you know they, they, they take it with a, a grain of salt, which is great. But it's like, hey man, like what you doing? You messing up? Man. You you know you. You really can't. You can be very direct. Yeah, yeah. Direct, yeah. It's like you're not going to make it. Your stats, your stats are horrible, dude. You know what I'm saying? You, I show them you're, you're a bottom performer. You know, I got to explain you every time I go into this meeting. I got to talk about why you ain't doing this. You know, I know that you know that I know that, you know, I know what's going on, bro, but you just ain't, you just ain't no results. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had those types of situations, too. And, uh, yeah, like it's the same types of things. This this dude was different. Like in tech, it's one of those things where you can't really BS it. You see what I'm saying? Like if we hire you to write some code, we're gonna know very very quickly whether or not you can write code, right? Like that's just kind of how it is, right? Yeah. Like it's not something that oh I kind of know, I kind of don't, I can little bit know. Like you either know how to do it or you don't. So it's kind of the same way. And it's just like, we've had conversations like, look, man, like, I don't see any progress being made here. Like we've assigned you something that for someone of your claimed experience and expertise, you should be able to accomplish. So I'm not really understanding why this is something that's struggling, especially after you've asked for assistance, right? Like 
it's kind of one of those things. And then once you kind of got that past you, okay, maybe that was just a jitters and anomaly. Cool. But then you struggle with the next one and it's just like, it's a bit more challenging and it's up to what you should say that you, you can do. It's like, okay, now we got issues. Right. And then, then it's, then it's just like, okay, what's going on here? Right. Like, and that's, that's, that's kind of the situations that we, that, that I, that, you know, I've unfortunately been a part of. And it's just like, yeah, you know, our employee ended up being let go for other reasons that had nothing to do with his work, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, he made some inappropriate comments in a meeting about his performance with other managers there. And it was just like, yeah, after the call ended, they were just like, don't even worry about it. Yeah, I just think. I'm just gonna let him go today. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> okay, like, I'm not even gonna give my feedback on him. Like, I can't tell you what I think. Like, it, it was out of my hands at that point. So, at that point, man, I mean, you shoot yourself in the foot. Either you're gonna make it, you know, you're gonna do it, you don't. Yep. But word of advice I know if I see Colin ping me, I'm gonna be scared. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> oh. I'm gonna have anxiety. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that little <laughs> bubble gut feeling like, oh man, what does Colin want? Hey. And then wait for your response to, like, are you gonna read the message? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to take this to the text message, huh? I know you get that. Yeah. You know, let's talk about, let's, let's talk about uh, uh, dumb chat messages. Good morning, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> when you ask somebody a question and they give you an answer that's totally unrelated, you'd be like, Am I upset? Yeah, like, do I show? Do I type my feelings? Do I? I gotta rethink. <laughs> I, yo, I've deleted so many. Like, I can't send it. I can't send it. Yeah. Oh man, don't get me started on that, man. It's off oh, man. But I've, 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 I, if, if, if they could like go back and see people's messages that they typed and deleted in the little box. Boy, I would have been fired. Like, I would have been like, it's like, sometimes you be, like, because sometimes you're like, one of the things that you know, I know I've I've had to do is that you have to temper your emotions sometimes. Like, because, yeah, it's work. And yeah, you know, you don't, you try not to take it personally because it's just work. You're just here to, to do what you need to do. And yeah, you may have some career interest in it, you know, whatever, you know, aspirations you may have, right? But at the end of the day, it's just like, you can kind of get caught up into it where you're just like, okay, like, let me not take this so personal or be upset and emotional about work at the end of the day. Like, it's it's really not that serious. And sometimes I have to remind myself about like that. I feel you man. Gotta like take the hand off the keyboard for a second. It's like, wait a second. All right, let me sit back. Let me process this really quick. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not offended. I'm not really upset. I just didn't like yeah. He had a little emoji of the meme banging his head against the brick wall. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Y'all yeah, can definitely say the GIFs and MS teams have made it so much more of a better experience. Because, you know, you know, if you want to be funny, you can really be funny. Or like, uh, uh, I do like when everything goes wrong, I send this GIF of Charles Gambino, This Is America video. And it's like it, all this chaos. I was like, yo, it's, it's going crazy out here today, y'all. Man, to be honest with you, I get so many pings, I don't get a chance to use emojis, man. Like, I... Oh, man. Like, I... 
sometimes like I wish like people could like just understand it or at least see it. Like they'd be like, "What the like? How do you, what like like last week? Like one week, one week I had like ten meetings on my calendar before like ten o'clock, and I'm thinking." I can't be in all of these meetings, so I'm gonna have to pick and choose. Yeah, one, yeah, one on the phone, one on the laptop, one on the PC. Yeah, like so, it's just like I'm not gonna be able to be in all these meetings. So it's just, you know, how do you navigate that though? Like, how do you choose which? You know, what I'm saying, is it like okay, this one's prioritized based off client needs, or this one is like my boss's meeting? Maybe I could reach out to him and reschedule real quick. Yeah, so basically how I handle it, I go to the things that are most important or what are the priorities for me at any given moment, right? Like one of the the things with me about work is that, you know, things are always constantly moving, right? Constantly changing, like nothing is is static, especially when you think about development. Like what I told the team to do last week is not what I'm telling them to do this week, right? Because what they did last week is done for the next part that they need to build this week to do something else. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like the constant need to change all the time or focus on whatever is the objective that you're trying to deliver against is, you know, kind of how you manage your day to day. Cause it's just like, I, how we do things is it's just that I have a quarterly objective, right? Yeah. And then those quarterly objectives are broken down into smaller features what they're called features right and within those features i have you know development work that ends up being dealt out to the team right so everything is always taken steps at a time so i'm always organizing my thoughts and my meetings and whatever is ahead of me based upon whatever the priority is that i know i need to deliver on for x y and z so it's just like that's kind of how i manage it because the stuff that's not important well It'll be in my inbox and I'll go back into it and I'll circle back to it or people will reach out to me. Like I know something is important if you ping me or you email me directly. Otherwise, if you invite me to a meeting that I'm optional or you haven't talked to me about prior to sending me a, a meeting invite, then I didn't need to be there anyways, especially if it's not with somebody that's like directly on my team or a leadership personnel. Like if you're with somebody else, you know, from another team, it's just like, who are you? And nobody contacted me. So especially when you saw I had other meetings on my calendar. Right. So it's like, yeah, hopefully you didn't expect me to just drop what I was doing. And you have not pinged me or talked to me about whatever it is you need my team to do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Because if it's obviously if it's that urgent, you should have contacted me directly anyways to, to fast track yeah, so this is like every anything is faster than a meeting. So sometimes I have that case happens, and that's why my calendar is kind of filled up. But for the most part, it's prioritized based upon whatever I'm trying to get done here and now for this week. And you know, I'm looking ahead to next week and next quarter and next YMC. But can, you know, I'm looking ahead to next week and next quarter and next YMC. But yeah, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. Yeah, man, that's the only way to manage it, really. You're like one of the things that I've learned about working from home in the pandemic is taking work-life balance serious, like serious, 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 right? Because there is that 
you sometimes you don't feel like you have that delineation between work and home life because you got the computer and work is always here. So it's just like now I've been more boom at five or at six or whatever X, Y, and Z. I'm gone. Unless there's something going on or I need to be engaged for some reason. Otherwise, I'm cutting it out and I'm gone. Right? Because that's kind of how you have to do it. Because if you don't do that for yourself, because nobody is going to do it for you. Like companies will work your ass to death and not give a damn. And, and, and then we'll say, hey, as long as you're okay with it, they're okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like you have to kind of set the standard and expectations for what that's going to be for you. Because otherwise, you know, people be thinking that they, that working long hours and X, Y, and Z, you know, unless you're in a culture where that's a thing, like you're at an elite, you know, bank or something like that, or you're at an ID, you know, you know, law firm where stuff like that is what gets you to the top. And that's how you earn your chops. The days where that stuff existed is kind of over. You see what I'm saying? You know, you putting in long hours nowadays is just going to get you nothing but being tired, right? The quality of your work ultimately is what you're going to have to stand on. So if this is that, you know, if that means you can get it done in a different way or fashion than someone else who has to put in 60 hours and work themselves to death, then figure it out and do it that way. You know, I think a lot of people kind of get caught up on that, trying to mimic it, worry about what other people are doing. That's true though, man, because I can't lie, because I was definitely that person that was like working two, three hours after they shift. And then when I had to start working from home, I was like, yo, it was so stressful. I was like, because I, I didn't even have no work at home flow. It was my first time. We didn't have yep. We was throwing it. I was like, I had to create a whole new way. So that way I'm not pulling my hair out. I'm like, I'm, yep. I'm about to quit, you know, and things like that. And I was like, no, I just need to, I just need to be more proactive. I need to communicate. Yep. At a time, you know, so you, you start thinking of quick solutions for you know for your, your everyday problems that you know you're gonna have, you know, instead of just stressing like, man, tomorrow's gonna be horrible. You know, be having like pre-work anxiety. It's, it's just not healthy. You know? Yeah, man, and I've started to to fight pre-work anxiety by being proactive, right? Like even sometimes, because sometimes anxiety is literally nothing, right? It's literally just your mind worrying about nothing. Because I know all of us have had that feeling where you've had anxiety about something like your first day at work or something that you thought was going to go a certain way at work. And you get there and it's just like, ain't nothing happening. It's a regular damn day. And you'll have to be like, what was I worried about? Or whatever it was that you thought was going to be a big deal ends up, you hang up the call and everybody's fine. Right? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, so sometimes being proactive in your thinking and your response to situations is active, act, you know, actually super, super helpful because it's just like, not only do you um, ease your conscious and your anxiety by doing things that you can look to and say, hey, this is what I did to make sure that whatever my anxiety that's bothering me about is not going to happen, right? Or I have a plan for it if it does. If it does or doesn't happen, you still put your mind at ease knowing that I had a plan that I didn't even need to use, right? And it's just like, so it's just like, in either way, you you feel some level of of anxiety. And at least for me, it's helped me manage it in my day-to-day life as well. 
by just being proactive. Like one of the things that I've, I've, I've started doing recently is going back to this, right? Physical notes, yeah. sticky notes, right? Like sometimes I'm thinking, you know, using the phone and the, the pads and X, Y, and Z, um, you know, while it's great and it helps you kind of keep up with things, I've, I've figured out that physically writing things down also gives me that visual cue to go with it that you at times lose because you're always using your tech device. You're always, you know, you know, using something with your phone. So it's a different apparatus that, you know, kind of forces you to, to draw attention to something. And it's, you know, it's helped me stay organized, at least, you know, especially working from home, man. Yeah. Like You've got to figure out ways to get creative, really. Right, a sticky note, boy. That's a whole idea and planning process right there. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I, I set that aside. It's right there. You know, I have to pull up an app or go to something to remember it. It's like, it's, yeah, exactly. Can't. And that's, that's exactly what all of some of these notes and some of this stuff is, is, you know, either from work or X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, I referenced it. And sometimes faster for you to type, you know, write for you to type it. Okay. Okay. This is the final segment. We got a minute, 30 seconds. We're going to wrap it up. Final thoughts on work from home and how you think we can improve as leadership in work from home. Um, for me, what I would say is, you know, one, if you're in a leadership position, <laughs> Colin, uh, you have to figure out ways to motivate, you know, your employees, especially if, you know, we're going to truly, you know, get people to, to buy in, get companies to buy in and continue to allow people to work from home and continue to, to, to keep it going and keep continue the narrative, especially for productivity. I think that that's the best way to do it is because like, Everybody is going to go through those phases where working from home can kind of get monotonous and kind of bog you down and you can kind of let it overtake you. You just kind of have to remind people that it's just like, hey, like, it's okay for you to un unwind and keep people motivated, especially since, you know, we've been working from home for so long. Like, that's one of the keys for me. So 30 seconds, Kyle. Yeah, man, I think it's relative to what uh, V said here. Like really helping people create their work at home flow. Some people don't know how to work at home. I see people working on the floor. You know what I mean? I got the computer on the floor and they sitting on the carpet. You know, you need a comfortable environment. Like even me, I had to change mine from the other room to the living room now.